The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. We've got it all this week. We're getting by with a little help from our friends. Okay, so you hijacked it. And yes, you did. See, I had to wait fine. for you to start. That's a you fine start, way to do it. You yeah. start things around here. so yeah. I, I, Well, help, we need somebody. Yes. Not just anybody. Um, but it's, you know, the Movie Zone's here for you eight days a week, people. And we're, we're here for you. <laughs> it's been a long, hard day's <laughs> night. Whatever the heck that means. But, but join us then. and we'll hold your hand along with this episode. We got something for your parents, something for your <laughs> grandparents, and something for Adrian, and something for me this week here on the Movie Zone. Uh, honestly, I think we've got one of the better movies to come out in a long time to talk about this week, so it should be a lot of fun. Also, we have a couple special guests ready to stop by in segment number two, Mitch Davis and Christopher Gorham. Writer, director, and main actor from The Other Side of Heaven and now The Other Side of Heaven 2, Fire of Faith will join us. Yeah, big fan of uh, Chris Gorham. He has been on the show before, and uh, I've liked him all the way back from the covert affair days all the way up to now. So I think he's a fine actor and needs more run, if you ask me. I would agree. And uh, we'll talk to him. A friend of the show, in fact. Yes. Christopher Gorham. Friend of the show. We've had him on a a couple times in the past already. So that and more here on the Movie Zone. But before we get going, hi, Adrian. Hi. How are you? I'm good, man. What Um, are you uh, excited about this week? I'm excited to hear your take on a movie that I kind of caught on to late, what it was. And uh, I didn't get to see it. You got to see it. And so I'm excited to learn about that. And... uh, I love talking with directors and actors because I I like to learn how artists work because I don't have that in mind like I don't I don't understand how these people do it. like I don't understand how someone writes a script or someone writes a song or which guy I guess works for today too yeah uh, or paints a painting or that I just don't understand that kind of you're a guitar player yeah but I could never write a song I can copy what other people have done you've never tried to write a song I haven't it has gone horribly <laughs> wrong <laughs> okay. So, like, I just don't understand these things. If John Mayer can do it, Adrian, you can do it. John Mayer might be the greatest guitar player ever live. But a terrible songwriter. I like a lot of his songs. No, you don't. You just are thinking your body is a wonderland. That's a bad song. Or the other one. I saw fireworks from the free... Oh, that's Jason Mraz. They're the same person. No, they're they're not. They're not even close. One's, um, I'm yours, dum-dum-dum, or whatever that stupid (laughs) song is. I thought you said you could copy other people. Yeah. What was that? That um, was my, dum, poor, dum. my poor attempt at copying. Um, dum dum. Everyone's favorite Mraz. But we'll talk about and Mayor collaboration. Music- um dum dum. <laughs> real uh, musicians today. Yes, we will indeed. All right, uh, let's start the with the box office report. Toy Story. Back to you. <laughs> Come on, I want to know how oh, it did. Uh, opened domestically at 120 million. So very nice start, and uh, has worldwide. Two hundred seventy-nine million dollars. Not too shabby. Not too shabby in the world of money. Over a quarter of a billion, huh? Yeah. Good for them. How long? <laughs> how many do you think? You think they'll make uh, over a billion and a half? I don't think it's going to make it to the billion mark. Really? But I could Did be wrong. Worldwide? I could be wrong because Aladdin's at eight hundred and seventeen million right now. So I would I would guess that Toy Story four makes more money than Aladdin. I would think so too because it's a broader audience, really. But 
All although, right. although, um, as I say that, Aladdin made um, 65% of its money overseas, and Toy Story 4 has made majority of its money in the United States, hmm. which people don't people tend to not go to movies more than once in theaters so this it might not make it because of the overseas it doesn't look like it's doing as well overseas as some movies do that's that's actually really surprising to me you'd think that an animation would do really well and you can it's many do how to train your dragon 70 percent of its money was from overseas yeah so interesting something about toy story doesn't spark that audience but we'll keep an eye on it have you seen it yet toy story 4 yeah you did yeah I sat right next to you. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I thought you were kidding. No, I wasn't kidding. Hatch, did that really just happen? It's because Jake Hatch is in the other room. It's because <laughs> I was, th- we're, we're reviewing yesterday and you did not see yesterday. I did not. Then we started talking about Toy Story and I was still stuck and you have not seen it yet. Because I've begged you to go see it because I want to ask you about a certain part. All right, I said don't, Austin goes, I got to tell you the spoiler. And I said, no thanks. I would like no, to see the but movie first, first. I said, I'm going to tell you the spoiler. And then I waited like a minute. And then I finally said, okay, I won't. You never even said, don't tell yes, me. Yes, I did. I said, I don't want to know. After I said, okay, I won't. So I could have just gone and, and, and told you. know you. what? To be fair, I didn't sit right next to you. There was one person between us at yeah. Toy Story 4. So. I my my, my lovely wife was there. I think I paid more attention to her, rightfully right. so, than yes. you and your friend Chris. Yes. Who are f- fine company to be with. We are fine company. But obviously forgetful. Yeah. <laughs> a forgetful day. <laughs> obviously forgetful. That's going to be on my tombstone. Adrian Lizer, October 5th, 1989 to, I'm guessing like 2048, something like that. Not very long. And... Uh, I'll be 58 years old around that. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good run. It'll say fine company, comma obviously forgetful. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That's a great uh, line. But, so, uh, have you seen Toy Story? Yes, before? I have. Okay. All right. That being said, where are we? We uh, got we uh, got to launch the poll question. Yes, we do. Because uh, we have a, a shortened uh, first segment here today with our guest coming up in segment two. The poll question of the week at Austin Horton at AP Lizer. What band would you most like to see a movie made about? At Austin Horton, at AP Lizer. Why is that the poll question of the week? Why don't we beep, boop, beep, 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 dial out to the movie's own phone hotline and find out what's playing at Megaplex Theaters? Hello, and welcome to Movie Zone Phone for the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. For popular movies and showtimes, please press 1. For Toy Story, please press 1. For Aladdin, please press 2. For Yesterday, please press 3. You've selected Yesterday, starring Hamish Patel, Lily James, Ed Sheeran, and Kate McKinnon. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more. Jack Malik is a struggling singer-songwriter in an English seaside town whose dreams of fame are rapidly fading, despite the fierce devotion and support of his childhood best friend, Ellie. After a freak bus accident during a mysterious global blackout, Jack wakes up to discover that the Beatles have never existed, performing songs by the greatest band in history to a world that's never heard them. Jack becomes an overnight sensation with a little help from his agent. Yesterday is rated PG-13 and is rated 65% fresh by Rotten Tomatoes. For tickets to showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. You heard the Rotten Tomatoes uh, ranking there. 
and I tend to actually, for the most part, agree with most of what Rotten Tomatoes is a lot of times, uh, and yeah. what they say. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm floored. I'm flabbergasted. I'm blown away that Flummoxed. this is not in the high ninety percent in huh. in rating. I loved this movie. There was I had one problem with this movie. There is a major part of the conflict that it seems impossible to fix and then it just suddenly is just goes away that I, but the, other than that this movie was perfection for me the acting lesser known actors who did really great jobs in this I, i'm not talking about kate mckinnon she's known uh himesh patel you may have seen in some things and lily james but for me they were mostly unknown and they rocked it they were incredible ed sheeran who i find extremely annoying did not annoy me in the least mm. in this movie and i've always begged you week after week after week on this show for fresh new unique takes and ideas in the movies yeah and this is exactly that uh, as you heard, a guy wakes up one day, a struggling musician, and uh, the Beatles were never a thing except to him. So it's incredible. That's an interesting story. We and like you say, we talk all the time about how we there's not enough fresh ideas. And I am not the biggest Beatles fan. I appreciate the Beatles. I think their music is good. Uh-huh. I think their music is great. Even I just think uh, by definition they're overrated because everybody loves the Beatles. Therefore, they can't be as good as everyone thinks they are. This movie was phenomenal. I, I can't implore you enough to go see Yesterday because, Adrian, as I told the reviewer as I walked out of the theater, Disney's got a couple of hits coming this summer in Toy Story 4 and Lion King. This, though, is the movie of the summer. Yesterday mm. is a must-go, and I can't wait to go again and again. Cool. So, movie of the summer from Austin. That's pretty cool. Um, I'd say I... I I want to see it. It's definitely a go for me. I think Danny Boyle does great movies. Of course, won the Oscar for Slumdog Millionaire. and um, But it's done. He did 127 hours. So he knows how to make a good movie. And uh, it sounds like uh, is it Himesh Patel did a really good job in this movie. He was. Austin. He was. Uh, and Lily he James. He ought to get Oscar talk, Adrian. He ought to. The, the uh, last thing I saw Lily James in was Baby Driver. So I think uh, she's up and coming. And uh, yeah, it should go for me. Too. You saw it, and it sounds like you really enjoyed it. If you like Beatles music, if you want to see a good movie, this is definitely a go. And it's a new idea. That's what really draws me is it's it's something new. And it will it will grab your heart and pump it a couple times. It's a really touching, emotional ride. You'll enjoy it. Cool. It's a, so forget what Rotten Tomatoes said. Go out there and check it out. Yesterday, a must go for me. Uh, that brings us back to the poll question of the week. What is one band you'd most like to see a movie made about? At Austin Horton, at AP Lizer. We'll get your responses on Twitter at the end of the movie's own phone in this segment. But there are two more movies, technically three, opening this week at Megaplex Theaters. Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to Movie's Own Phone for the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. For popular movies and showtimes, please press 1. For Rocketman, please press 1. For The Secret Life of Pets 2, please press 2. For The Other Side of Heaven 2, Fire of Faith, please press 3. You've selected The Other Side of Heaven 2, Fire of Faith, starring Christopher Gorham, Natalie Medlock, and Joe Folau. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more. Missionary.
Henry John Groberg returns to Tonga in the 1960s with his wife and their five young daughters. When their sixth child is born with a serious illness, the Grobergs face their ultimate test of faith, only to find themselves surrounded by the love and prayers of thousands of Tongans, barriers of inter-religious strife that are soon broken down as all unite in the hopes of a miracle that will save the baby's life, as well as the life of a Tongan minister's son. The Other Side of Heaven 2 is rated PG-13 and is directed by Mitch Davis. For tickets at showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. The Other Side of Heaven 2, Fire of Faith. More on this in depth with director and writer Mitch Davis and actor Christopher Gorham in segment two. But just a real brief uh, opinion. The first one was out of the out of nowhere, good, great. And it was kind of early 2000, I want to say 2001, yep. when the first one came around. And Hathaway was very unknown at the time. And it, there was there had been a couple of quote-unquote Mormon movies made to that point. This was one of the first I remember being a legit movie that you didn't have to be Mormon to enjoy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it will be the exact same with The Other Side of Heaven too. You don't have to be of that predominant faith to enjoy this movie and the tests and trials that are shown in it. It's crazy to think, uh, just an aside, Anne Hathaway, this came out of the same year as The Princess Diaries for her. Think of how far her career has come since 2001. Wow, and from Princess, different roles those were. Those were her first two movies, were Princess Diaries and Other Side of Heaven. Which one came out first? Princess Diaries. She uh, played a teenager in that. Yeah, and then all the way to get, went in an Oscar for... Les Mis and has is considered a very high powered actress in Hollywood yeah. and I enjoy Anne Hathaway's work a lot so it's crazy to look at this connects us to a past role of a of a actress who now is a household name but back then was not yeah exactly and but uh, I'm, I'm with you it's certainly a niche movie but I think like you say if it's close to the first one you could go and get something out of it even if you're not LDS Right? Mormon, please. Or, so, no, I can't say either of those. What can you say? I think you have to say member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Fine. If you want to go through the whole rigmarole. I am not of the flock, as it were. So that's up to you. That's up to you. Yes. Oh, man. You know, as a member of the flock, maybe maybe the black sheep of the flock, yes, but indeed. still a member of the flock, uh-huh, uh-huh. I say, call us whatever you want to call okay. us. We've heard it all. We've been called worse. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. As long as you're not trying to exterminate us like they did in Missouri, you're, we're fine. We're, we'll get along. Okay. Just sounds all right. good. All right. That being said, the other side of heaven, too. We'll have more with Excited Mitch Davis. Excited to talk to those guys later in the show. Yes, for sure. And Christopher Gorham up in segment two. Back out to the movie zone phone hotline couple of movies left. Hello, and welcome to Movie Zone Phone for the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. For popular movies and showtimes, please press 1. For Booksmart, please press 1. For Shaft, please press 2. For Ophelia, please press 3. You've selected Ophelia, starring Daisy Ridley, George McKay, Clive Owen and Naomi Watts. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more! 
Ophelia comes of age as a lady in waiting for Queen Gertrude, and her singular spirit captures Hamlet's affections as lust and betrayal threaten the kingdom. Ophelia finds herself trapped between true love and controlling her own destiny. Ophelia is rated PG-13 and rated 64 fresh by Rotten Tomatoes. For tickets to showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. I don't know, Ophelia. It's Shakespeare. If you're into it, this will be great. Go. If you're not, please don't go see it. I won't be seeing it. It's probably going to be a great movie. Probably great uh, writing, directing, uh, costumes, uh, probably wonderful performances, and I have no interest in seeing Ophelia. What about you? Uh, uh, it's not like... Yeah, it's it's not Shakespeare necessarily. It's Isn't ba- Ophelia Shakespeare? But it's based on Hamlet, but it's from the different perspective. So this isn't like a Shakespeare play put in a movie. Well, they should have marketed it's that re- because it's all I see is Ophelia. It's and a rewrite. I think, <laughs> but I will say, hey. High school English was decades ago. Thank I'm you. Bi- I'm a big fan of Shakespeare's work. I find it very... I in lo- the movies? Uh, if they're close, I'm a fan of the verbose style and lots of words that Shakespeare used. That's why I really loved love Shakespeare's plays. They probably won't be able to do it in this one necessarily because it's not him writing it. But Daisy Ridley, we all like her. Naomi Watts, she's good. Tom Felton, welcome back to, well, he's been in a few things, but from Harry Potter, of course. Clive Owen, I'm a big Clive Owen fan. So it's got some names. If you're looking for that romance Shakespeare style movie, this is for you. There you go. That's my break. <laughs> but this is the story of Hamlet, but from Ophelia's viewpoint. Right. So it is Shakespeare. Well, yeah, but it's not like it's not Hamlet. Right. It's not it's Shakespeare's not gonna, writing. Yeah, it's not. This clearly. Isn't, right. This isn't. But they're not going to be. She's not going to be talking new age. Well, they're going to have to write lines. Uh, uh, she's not, but she's not going to be talking, yo, fool, I'm Ophelia. She's going to no. be talking like Shakespeare would have her talk. No. Yes. No, no, I get that, but it won't be the same. So it will same. be boring. It will be awful. I don't think it's boring. Okay. For- Thus I saith, I Ophelia in my grave. Shall I be or shall I not? Okay, we just, I apparently we disagree. I am be much calmer on this. <laughs> on, um, on this, you tell me. That'll be on you go, my... And then I say, well, if you're into <laughs> Shakespeare, maybe go. That'll be on my tombstone. The not calm one will be on my tombstone. The not calm one. Yeah. If you don't like what I like, I, like, I will equalize you. <laughs> Okay, now finally, we don't have any uh, offering on to the movie know, zone. Do I own self be true, Austin, and it must follow? As the night, the day, thou canst not then be false to any that's man. That's nothing. That's not even English. That is, that's improper grammar. Brevity is the soul of wit. There's no correct grammar usage in that sentence. Shakespeare drives me nuts. He made up his own language, and everyone just went with it. What? Like Tolkien. Just, just stick it's with English. stick with the known languages it, of the world. It was the known language of the world. That's not how they spoke. Yes, it is. Read that sentence again and it's tell me gone. what it means. Brevity is the soul of wit. There. No, read the sentence again. It's gone. To thine own self be true. Canst not stiff thou knowest not. To thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night of the day. Thou canst not be the false to any man. What does that mean? It says, tell the truth, be yourself. Then as, say that. As the night follows the day. Just like can... night follows day. Right? 
You have to be true to yourself. That's not how they would have said it back then. You can't change who you are. I, I for one, enjoy... <laughs> I took AP English for a reason. So did I. And it was why. And I did you raise your hand? I got a, I got a five. You finished. You finished um, our mutual friend by Dickens, and you raise your hand and say that was. I even went for the English Sterling Scholar. Why you hate English apparently? Because I wanted to have an easier going college, and that didn't work out so well either. <laughs> well, we're out of time. We are. Uh, but tell us about Annabelle comes home or whatever uh, the doll's back it's alive it'll kill you back to you austin i don't care <laughs> at all about that movie i'd rather watch ophelia on a oh, loop good. than watch one second good god all right of, uh, hit uh, us on twitter of, with your favorite uh, shakespeare lines <laughs> shall we agree to disagree let's go to break i'm, gonna have to walk nine, I'm already getting tweets we're already over so we gotta go all right Coming up next on the Movie Zone. We've got smart people on the show next in Mitch Davis and Christopher Gorham. I'm sure they both love Shakespeare, and I'm I'm not uh, part of that, but we'll get through it next here on the Movie Zone. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Leiser on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Segment number two of the Movie Zone this week. Austin Horton, Adrian Lies with you. And the soundtrack of the week, what else? We, we just got to go with the Beatles. The Beatles. How do, how do you say the Beatles? In the Beatles. A, no, say it in a British accent. The Beatles. The Beatles. That's like a, what's it, Cockney style. The Beatles. And, uh, but in Liverpool. Hello, governor. In Liverpool, it'd be more like, oh, yes, it's the Beatles. Welcome on in. It's yeah. the Beatles, the movie zone here on the 1280-97.5, the zone, and the zone sports network. Yeah, that, that's not perfect, but welcome on. I got to say, it was very hard for us to choose two songs <laughs> out of all of the Beatles hits. I'm a big fan of the Beatles, at least the songs that I like. I can't say that I like every single one of their songs made, but the ones I like, I really enjoy. Would it be heresy if coming back into the next segment we play Hamish Patel's version of Yesterday? Instead of... It would be? I believe it would. Oh, have you heard it? No, but we need to leave it for the moviegoers. No. He did it on Kimmel this week. Fine. Well, that that may be our second song coming up. Okay. But we we digress. When I saw... um, And I love when people do covers of Beatles songs. I saw, of course... um, there's a member of the Beatles that I'm forgetting his name right off the top. Paul, Paul McCartney, McCartney was in this arena a few years ago. Um, I saw 21 Pilots, and they brought out all the acts that were open for them. They all played Hey Jude together. It's pretty fun. Really? Yeah. That's cool. All right. So, yeah, yesterday in theaters now, I believe it's the best movie that we'll see this year. Certainly this summer. Rotten Tomatoes, as we talked about in the first segment, disagrees with me, mm-hmm. but... You can't always go off of what I say or what they say. You got to go see it and, and judge for yourself. But I loved it. It's the best movie I've seen, as I said, in several years. We're not here to pan the movies. We're here to uh, just let you know what's out and what we think of them. And exactly. I think we're pretty. I like to think of myself as normal, Austin. Okay. That's like I saw this thing. I mean, we, it takes someone to think that about you. So. Real quick. I mean, we talked this. This is about everybody not just about the critics this show and it's getting that line is getting split more and more and more every time a movie comes out the line between a critic feels like they have to destroy a movie just because they saw it just they feel that's their job their job is to tell you what's wrong with the movie instead of what's right with me was the last time you read a good review of a movie 
uh, not. I don't read a lot of reviews, right. so neither do I. But, we, and that's because they're always. I heard a story about. We talked about murder mystery last week on the Netflix Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston movie, which is like getting demolished in the papers and online. But it's got like the most downloads of any movie on Netflix in forever because mm-hmm. people are just enjoy having a dumb movie about a dumb crime. Yes. Yeah. It movies are supposed to help you waste your time, right? And not feel like you wasted yeah. all of your time. That, uh, Unlike a book, in your case, you hate books. <laughs> I mean, if it's not for a grade, why would you read? That's my, that's my philosophy. <laughs> if it ain't, a, if you didn't get arrested, it's not illegal. <laughs> and if it's not for a grade, why read? Hey, I'm, I'm learning a lot about you. I every should day. just make bumper stickers. <laughs> you should. That's what I you should be doing. All right. Well, we we goof around a little too much because uh, we got a couple special guests yes, coming let's up. Let's get to it. We've got a movie near and dear to the hearts of a lot of people here in this state. The other side of heaven, two fire of faith, Austin. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the story of John Groberg, Elder John Groberg. And joining us now, the writer and director of both the first and now the second installment, Mitch Davis. Mitch, I know that uh, you had a big role in the first Other Side of Heaven. I know that The the Stray was all about you and your family. Why have you aligned yourself with this type of film? It seems like everything you've ever been involved with has a spiritual side or or even, if if I dare say, a religious uh, tinge to it. You know, I, I guess that's just because that's what I know best. That is kind of who I am fundamentally. And they always say, you know, write about what you know about and make a movie about what you know about. And so, yeah, this is, this is the thing I'm most passionate about, I think, is, uh, is the idea of faith and the power that faith has to make our lives a lot better than they are without it. So, Mitch, it's been 18 years since The Other Side of Heaven, the original. It's so weird to think wow. that it's been that long. But yeah. um, I feel like in film, a lot of directors and writers, they may hand off the story to another you know, team, and they work on it in their own different way. So uh, it's kind of interesting that you've come back and worked on the, the project on the, to make a sequel of it. What are some challenges of such a long... Off, you know, long off period between a film like that or films like this, and then maybe what were some of the things that surprised you that came easy? Uh, that's a great question. You know, uh, there was immediate pressure to make a sequel when the first movie was as successful as it was, mm-hmm. and a lot of people came and said, "Hey, uh, man, we can make the sequel for a fourth as much money and take it to the bank. Let's go!" and um, I, both I and the actor, Chris Gorham, said no. Um, we both had a strong desire to kind of maintain the integrity of the original, which, which was a big, expensive movie, and uh, we didn't want to make a cheap imitation. So, so yeah, 18 years have passed, during which time uh, John H. Groberg, the movie's main character, as well as his friend Thomas S. Monson, uh, were kind of persistent in wanting us to proceed with the sequel and it took him 18 years to talk me into it and actually president monson had to die and 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 then continued to uh persist that this needed to be done and when that happened i guess all bets were off we just realized we had to do this uh we had to find a way to do it and so we did it was it was a miracle in many in all respects uh it was a miracle but uh, i think i think the proof is in the pudding i think it's a really good film 
So you're telling me you told a general authority and the president and prophet of the LDS Church no for 18 years, or therein? I, uh, I told them no for 16 years, 16. and then yeah, two years ago, two years ago, Elder Groberg had my wife and I up to his home for lunch, and after lunch, he 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 actually said he said. Uh, I sort of thought that after he died, President Monson would be less insistent about the second film than he was while he was living. He said, it's actually the opposite. If anything, he's more insistent now than he was then that we got to make this film. So, Mitch, you're not getting any younger. I'm not either. Let's do this. And, uh, and that was the secret sauce, you know, once I, once I, I really felt his passion. The first movie, I think I would say, came a lot out of my own passion for the topic. This second film, second film came straight out of Elder Groberg's heart and apparently President Monson's. What do you think of Chris Gorm- Gorham as an actor? Why does he play uh, John Groberg so well, being a, a, a person not of the Mormon faith? You know, I, he just is a gentle, sweet, good man. He's, a, he's got a lot of integrity, and, um, and he has light in his eyes. I auditioned a lot of fancy actors for his role in the first film. I auditioned a guy named Paul Walker since deceased, unfortunately. I auditioned uh, Hayden Christensen, who became Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars series. I auditioned a lot of really good actors and handsome men. (laughs) But Chris Gorham showed up to the audition with light in his eyes, and he has kept that light. He's a father now, a husband and father of three great kids, and... He just possesses a gentle, good, sweet spirit, which, for me, that's the most important thing. Yeah, we uh, we actually had the opportunity to sit down with him a couple years ago when he made We Love You, Sally Carmichael, and I would echo uh, yeah. uh, a lot of what you said. He sat down. He didn't have to sit down with us. We are just a couple of nobodies at the movie theater, and uh, it was really interesting to talk to. Yeah, no, he's a great, great guy, and everywhere I go, people who have run into him, I, I, I went I went to Houston and this guy said, Hey man, do you know Chris Gorham? I said, Yeah. He said, Well I was the customs officer in Vancouver, uh, Canada when he was shooting his series up in Canada. He was the nicest guy. Here, let me show you a photo of me and my son with him. <laughs> and he had it right on his phone. And this is like, you know, Chris became president friends with the customs guy in Vancouver, whatever. Uh, he's a great guy. He's just a good human. He is indeed. Well, well the premiere went well. Uh, congratulations. It's now in Megaplex theaters uh, uh, statewide, and we're looking forward to an even wider and more successful release down the road here. Mitch, good luck, and thank yeah. you for a few minutes. Yeah. I got. I know you guys are sports guys. I just want to tell you who was at the premiere. Okay. You just you want to know this. So Tony Finau was at the premiere. Uh, Reno Mase was at the premiere. Steven Paella of the Cowboys was at the premiere. Kayala Kainina, Kainana was there. And Jafari Parker was there. Wow. Uh, the, the, the Tongans showed up in force. They love Kolepoki. They love his story. And uh, uh, with any luck, we've got a movie on our hands. I think you do. That is a that's, that's awesome. a who's who yeah. of uh, athlete who was there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mitch, yes. was really really depressed that he couldn't make it. He tried. He tried, but he, 
this church he belongs to is keeping him too busy. <laughs> yeah, he's so. a little busier these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's, uh, I guess, now president and uh, elder Vaisekahama to, yeah, to everyone. Yeah, that's right. That's, All right. Well, right. Mitch, good luck. We'll talk to you a little down the road, and uh, thanks for a few minutes. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mitch. All right, there you go. Mitch Davis, writer and director of The Other Side of Heaven and now The Other Side of Heaven 2, Fire of Faith. As promised from Mitch Davis to the star of The Other Side of Heaven, uh, really the franchise at this point, Christopher Gorham, a good friend of the show who, Christopher, we we spoke with you in person last at the We Love You Sally Carmichael premiere. So that was a a bit ago. Yes, it was a highlight for us. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Why I appreciate your um, support of that film. No, it was a really good and film. And this one. Yeah, and this one. I'm, I'm so excited because uh, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who served a mission around the time that the first one came out, uh, I'm really excited, although I, it does remind me that I'm now almost 20 years older than the first <laughs> one. So thanks for that. No, no. no. You, you, you could think of it as 10 years older because this one takes place 10 years after the first film. <laughs> okay, so in, in movie world, it's only been 10 years. I see. Exactly right. So why... Why, uh, why reprise uh, the, uh, the, the character, well, character, the person, John Groberg, as yourself there? Well, I'll tell you, it, it's a really unique opportunity to be able to uh, play the same role in a sequel, um, in a film, uh, who's, which that has such a big scope like this movie does. Um, you know, the, this film is an independent film, um, but it doesn't look that way. It looks like a big, um, you know, action-adventure picture. Um, so uh, it's just a really unique opportunity, and, and I love... Uh, how important family is in this movie um, and love uh, and the idea of faith and you know not just any particular religious faith but just you know the faith in uh, in your loved ones and the faith in the people that you care about it I, I just think it's an important message um, I, I'm, uh, I wanted to ask you about I asked Mitch about making a film a sequel so many years later and how what challenges that presented and how yeah. how was it challenging for you if at all to get back into a character that had you've been away from for so many years well i, I tell you it, it was um I, I i could relate to him uh to elder groberg in the first movie because you know like him on his mission you know i was going into the the filming of that movie uh, kind of blind. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I'd never been to that part of the world. Um, and I was you know, only a few years older than he was at the time. Um, so we had some similar life experience. Um, and now going into the second film, uh, where he's going back to Tonga with his wife and kids, um, you know, I, I now also have a wife and kids. You know, I know what it's like to be a husband and a dad and to have that added responsibility uh, and to feel that, that weight uh, as you then go to work and, and have responsibilities there as well. So, um, so it was really, uh, I, I could relate to him in both pictures in a way that was unexpected. Was The Other Side of Heaven your first uh, real foray into the big screen, Chris? Was that, is that accurate? 
You know what? It, it wasn't, but but my uh, my first my very first acting job uh, was also tied to Utah. It was a Danny Boyle film called uh, A Lifeless Ordinary that filmed uh, in and around Salt Lake City. So, you know, my very first acting job was here in Utah. The Other Side of Heaven was my first lead in a film um, that was tied closer to Utah. And then I, my directing debut, We Love You, Sally Carmichael, filmed here in Utah, and now I'm back for the sequel. So I have some very close ties um, to Utah and, and that community throughout my career. How much do you carry uh, what you learned the first time uh, doing The Other Side of Heaven through everything you do from that point to now, uh, including this new movie? Oh, you know, I, I like to think that I carry the lessons from, from job to job, you know, and it's like anything. that you, The more you do something, the better you get at it. Um, you know, doing uh, the first The Other Side of Heaven uh, was a big responsibility in that it was the first time I was playing the, the lead where really, you know, I was carrying... Um, the story of the film and and uh, really learning on the job how to do that. Um, and I'd had some good examples, um, you know, doing a lifeless ordinary. My very first job, I was there uh, with Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz, and and it was my first day as a professional actor. And and uh, and the way that they took care of me, and the way that they uh, took care of the crew, and 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 kind of set a tone of of how to be on set, and the fact and how to have fun and, and uh, the love that they had for the people they were working with was really clear. And so, uh, you know, I've always tried to do a similar thing and, and you know, make the on-set environment uh, a very loving and supportive one. Well, I got to say, I'm a, your last couple of years, I'm a big fan of your work. I love the show The Magicians, and I thought your character in that was too short-lived uh, as the senator. And, uh, of course... Agreed, right? I thought that was such a cool role that you were playing. Um, of course, in, Insatiable was hilarious, and now you're in this. Um, how do you, as an actor, what's it like to go from so many different roles and then try to move on to the next thing? You know, I mean, that's the that's the that's one of the best things about the job. I mean, it's really, over my career, I've had such a, I've been so lucky to play so many different types of roles. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, that's the fun because the way that we talk about acting oftentimes it sounds very serious, but, you know, and, and, and it's a serious job when you're in there and you need to get it done. But uh, at its essence, what we're doing is playing pretend, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, we're tapping into, into that uh, childish place uh, of, of belief um, and pretending and, and to be able to, to pretend to be a missionary or to, to pretend to be a, a demigod senator or <laughs> yeah. to pretend to be a, you know, a Southern lawyer who loves taking his shirt off. Like it's just, it's all, um, it's all kind of different sides of the same, uh, coin. It's really fun. And that's why you're an unofficial Utahan, is you can you can be a chameleon in any <laughs> any situation, Christopher. We appreciate a few minutes. Congratulations! I heard the the premiere went swimmingly, went well, and it was well attended. And we look forward to seeing this thing in the theaters pretty soon. Yeah, the reception of the film has been great so far, and we have high hopes. So uh, we're opening nationwide this weekend. So uh, you know, please go see it. You know, reach out to your friends and family outside of Utah and tell them to go see it. Um, it's, a, it's a big, fun, uh, emotional roller coaster for the whole family, and I, I think people will love it. Thank awesome. you so much. You be good, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. 
Thanks, guys. I hope so. Be well. Thanks. Thank All right, there you go. Both Mitch Davis and Christopher Gorham from the other side of Heaven 2. Buyer of Faith. In Megaplex Theaters now, opening nationwide this coming weekend. Fun to have Christopher Gorham back on the show. Ace. Yes, uh, he sat down with us for seemingly no reason the other when he was here because we were both like hey some like this is an actual director movie guy so it was good to have him on the phone or on the show again and hopefully we get to do it again it'd be fun thanks to michelle moore of more publications for uh helping us out getting those obviously. together and mitch obviously sharing that story about the customs agent and how christopher gorham is just a nice down-to-earth yeah. kid from fresno that's clearly the case as we sat eye to eye with him as you mentioned at sally carmichael premiere and he didn't have to do that for us no and I, <laughs> we're no we're nobodies and he's like i'll come talk to you i love the way he put it that one day he's a demigod with supernatural powers <laughs> the next day he's a lawyer who likes taking his shirt off and now he's returning to tonga as an LDS, as missionary, an LDS missionary and general authority. That is how that is the acting world right there. That is exactly for sure. Next space. <laughs> That's yeah. his next, send him, next let's hashtag send Christopher to space. <laughs> I love it. All right, coming up next, uh, again, thanks to both of those guys for a few minutes. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the movie zone with some movie news and rumors right here on the Zone Sports Network. Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Final segment of the Movie Zone. This is the one. This is Himesh Patel singing Yesterday from the movie Yesterday. And uh, I told you it's good. You didn't believe me. Yeah, no, this is good. This is a great cover. So uh, check them out. Uh, check out the movie yesterday. It's in theaters now at Megaplex theaters, especially. So go see it. I would suggest IMAX if you could uh, go for it. Now, time to wrap up the show with some movie news and rumors and obscure movie suggestions of the week. Adrian, what do you got for us? I have got something, Austin, where you and Tom Holland have something in common other than your devilish wit and your handsome faces. We both have Donovan Mitchell's phone number. Oh, other than the fact that you both have Donovan Mitchell's phone I actually Mitchell's don't have phone. Donovan's phone number. Yeah, he might not either. He does too. But he, like you, was cut from a movie. Okay. His line, not like yours, was not, Ah, oh, come on, ref! Ah, oh, come on, ref! <laughs> oh, come on, ref! Oh, come on, ref! No, it wasn't oh, come that. come on, ref! But apparently they had written in a uh, quick cameo of him into Spider-Man, into the universe, or into the Spider-Verse, because remember, all the different universe Spider-Mans came through, and he was supposed to have a little Easter egg cameo in the background where he kind of walked by and said, Hey, kid! You know, whatever, to to uh, Miles Morales. And, uh, and... They cut it from it. Why? I don't know. Why'd they cut it? He said he was heartbroken by it, though. But that would have been a really cool thing to put into that movie. Yeah, especially what we're hearing about Far From Home and how it kind of dives into that whole idea as well. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Time for obscure movie suggestions of the week. Adrian? My obscure movie reference is, of course, Across the Universe. Oh, my gosh. With uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Jim Sturgis. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. Austin didn't. It, is, it couldn't be further from what yesterday is, which is probably why I liked yesterday. Oh, interesting. I, but I'm afraid people will think that that's what it is, and it's not. This is, Yesterday is not a musical. Across the Universe was a musical based around Beatles songs. Definitely, yes. Yesterday is not a musical. 
Anyway, uh, and then uh, I'll go with an original that no one else had ever thought of before. It's a wonderful story and something Shakespeare himself couldn't have even come up with. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Start. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Much Ado About Nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, because, Hamlet 2 starred Steve Coogan or whatever no, his name is. No, because I know my wife likes it and it was from the mid-90s. Boz Lerman, I think. Did it Romeo plus Juliet or Romeo and Juliet, where it's like Romeo and Juliet in modern day Los Angeles? Oh, yeah, yeah. Leo yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah. I remember What's watching that in high school. There you go. That's my obscure movie suggestion of the week to appease the masses. I should have done Shakespeare in Love. You can hear the English teachers with their pitchforks and rulers now Shout at the out doors to, of um, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Miss Thackeray, my AP English teacher. Shout out to Ms. Barlow, who. Cut me a cut me some slack. I slept all year. She said, "If you pass the AP test, we'll work on it. We'll work something out." Pass the AP test. Worked something out. She saved my. She let me graduate essentially. So something good did come out of high school English. A good friendship and a good teacher. I had a great teacher too. She was awesome. English teachers are always pretty cool. Yeah, in my experience. Anyway, we've gone way too long on this. Yep. Let's wrap it up, shall we? Coming up next week on the Movie Zone, lots of spiders and men and Spider-Men to be chatted about as Spider-Man Far From Home comes out next week. And uh, I'll be honest, I didn't think we needed another Spider-Man rendition. So far, they've done this Yep, they've done very really well. well. So excited for that. For Adrian Lizer, I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on the Movie Zone.